It's episode 715, it's Friday and it's Newbie Questions. And I tried unsuccessfully to brake. The brakes did absolutely nothing and I just went straight into the side of her car. Testers would come to make sure Anthony wasn't taking any performance-enhancing drugs. They just <laughs> need to look at my results to know I wasn't taking any performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> He's like, the look of him, he definitely done it. And if he didn't do this, he'd done something else. <laughs> That's Guilty justice judge. in operation, Sarah style. Guilty judge. Sarah, welcome back. You're feeling very boisterous today. I've just asked you to tone it down off air. So I hope we get something resembling a professional display of conduct. Absolutely. I'm just going to be like you, a bit monotone and boring for the for the recording here. <laughs> it was a bit of a crazy week, wasn't it? We had a lot of drama. It wasn't a crazy week for me. It was a crazy week for you. You managed to get yourself knocked down by a car out training. There is a Jeep driving around Dublin with a Sarah-shaped dent in the side of it. <laughs> I laugh, but I have to say I am hurt. My shoulder, my back, um, my arm, my knees, I think my bike, we're going to have to have a really good look over it to see every, if everything's okay. I T-boned a car, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it was kind of frightening. Crashes are characterised, in my mind, into pilot error or non-pilot error, and we haven't quite decided... Mm. What category this one's in? So I was coming down the bike lane. This bike lane is adjacent to a road and I was going fairly fast. I had a, I was feeling the breeze on my back, had a nice tailwind. I was loving life. And a, a lady basically tried to pull across the bike lane into a driveway and I tried unsuccessfully to brake. The brakes did absolutely nothing and I just went straight into the side of her car and yeah, came back off it then. <laughs> Bashed my head off the ground it's all very dramatic. Every single car in North County Dublin stopped. <laughs> Everyone got out of their vehicles to check was I okay and see did I need an ambulance. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was very dramatic. I just got up, checked my bike, no brakes rubbing or anything kind of totally off and went and finished my ride because I'm a tough bird. She played the tough board card for a while there and then she got home and milked it totally for the <laughs> next two days after that. But I think it was the adrenaline or something. I felt absolutely fine. And then when I got home and realised what had happened, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in bits here. Well, it's dangerous. Like, mm. it, it really is dangerous. Like, joking aside, it can be life-changing. You know, I have friends who have never ridden the bike again after collisions with cars and people worse off than that. Uh, it is can be totally life-changing. And I often ponder that. Like, I love cycling and I love, you know, we're over six days a week here talking about cycling. It gives me so much. But I do wonder, is the downside versus the upside, is it actually worth it when you can have these crazy life-changing accidents? I continue to say it is, but it is worrying. It absolutely is. We're quite vulnerable out there. I think if I was a better bike handler, if the same situation had occurred and it was you or Sean McKenna, Aaron, any of these people who really know how to handle their bike, you probably would have been able to hop onto the curb and get away from that situation. Personally, I just don't have those mad skills. Like I, I couldn't have done anything else there in that that situation. I'm not comparing your trauma to my trauma, but <laughs> I had to go for one of my kind of routine blood tests. I like to get a little bit of a look under the hood and see how well my blood levels are. I don't like giving blood, so it was quite traumatic for me. Not the same as getting knocked down by a car, 
but still traumatic, I think we'll all agree. Yeah, talking about milking it, they take one or two vials of blood at best. Now, I know it's queasy for people to see their own blood being drawn. I don't like it at all. <laughs> when, the, when the testers used to come, I called them the vampires. Oh, I didn't like it. Oh, that was such a pain. They, the testers would come to make sure Anthony wasn't taking any performance-enhancing drugs. They just <laughs> need to look at my results to know I wasn't taking any performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, is it not clear enough there? <laughs> That's very funny. But yeah, they I hated that. Not because they, they drew blood. They were here all day. They'd never bloody leave. You'd be making cups of tea and trying to make small talk for hours with them. <laughs> it was just such a pain. Anyway, how's everything under the hood? And she got that rash looked at. And <laughs> <laughs> funny thing is, if you have a rash, I probably have a rash too. <laughs> I gotta move on from that one. Uh, heading into Ross Moon this weekend. It's a few, it's it's been a minute, as they'd say, since I've been down there. It's a four-day stage race in the Kerry region of Ireland, which is our second biggest annual race of the year. It draws competition from, you know, around Europe and it's decently high leveled. Realistically, it's too high of a level for where I'm at at the moment, but it's going to be four days of sightseeing down in Kerry and sure, look, we'll see how the legs are. That is kicking off for you this afternoon, Anthony, and I'm going to go and enjoy myself around beautiful Kerry and Cork and I'll see you back on Monday and you better come home with some stage wins and some money. Prize money. Prize money. Bring it. Get those dineros. (laughs) Uh, Podcasts this week were fire. Anthony DiClemente. If anyone is looking to optimize testosterone levels, I would totally advise checking that one out because he is... He works with clients and they come in the door and he has that, like I described, a little bit of a look under the hood, has blood tests done, runs testosterone levels because it's the big domino for so much energy, sleep, vitality, productivity. If your testosterone levels are low, you're really in a bad spot. So it is worth getting those checked out. But he runs through in the podcast kind of what the optimum levels are, how you can optimize them without any intervention and then how you can optimize them with intervention. Totally enjoyable. T, testosterone has such a bad name in kind of athletics or, you know, as a performance enhancer for years and years. But if you're not, if you're not getting tested, if you're not performing at that level where you're being tested, why not go and look into this? Because it really helps with regards to fighting aging, performance as you get older. It's not a dirty word anymore. Testosterone is where it's at really, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Has it ever? It's been a dirty word, I suppose, in high-level sport. But testosterone is produced naturally in the body, and it's so essential for you know all of those things that I talked about. But you do have a decision if your testosterone is low. If you're in competition and you can't take exogenous testosterone, it's still possible to massively increase your testosterone levels through legal WADA endorsed. They're not endorsed, but they're not WADA banned strategies like you know ways to optimize your sleep optimize your diet and your lifestyle so definitely worth checking out question number one and this is from at trek forever so obviously a big fan of trek bikes there i saw on sarah's twitter feed that she found out there's a right way and a wrong way to take a picture of your bicycle this was also news to me. Reading the comments below hers, I have to say I'm more confused than ever and never knew it was such a dark art requiring a <laughs> PhD. It's true. Anthony, can you settle the subject and tell me how to take a correct picture of my machine? This brings me back, Anthony, when you and I were over in Mallorca a few years, 
ago. You, I think you had just gotten a new bike. I was taking a picture of it in the sun. It was beautiful. We were up the mountains. I showed it to you and you were like, no, that's shite. I can't use that across any of the socials. That's not how you take a picture of a bicycle at all. Fill us in. What are the rules? I don't know all these rules. People get really nerdy on it, but I just know what looks good. You want to have the bike in the big ring. You want to take the picture of the crank side of the bike, just so you know, for obvious reasons, people can see the cranks, there's more going on on that side. Bottles kind of clog up the frame and make the whole thing look clunky, especially if they're mismatched bottles. And then if the derailleur is like stretched, that also looks visually quite poor as well. So I'd normally say the bike in the 5311. Don't even know what the new equivalent of that is. I'm going to be like one of these dinosaurs because we've moved to 12 speed now and the front ring's like a 4710 or something. <laughs> I don't know, don't even ask me. But yeah, those would be the main things I would look at. Then, you know, you're moving on to all the photography stuff that's way outside cycling, the rule of thirds, lighting, all this weird stuff, which I am very underqualified to speak on. So you look at a photo of a bike and you'll think, yay or nay, that looks good, that doesn't look good, based on if it's in the big ring on the front, smaller ring, you know, smallest ring on the back or whatever. I wouldn't have a clue. For me, the only important thing is crank side out, pedals at 9.15. That's all I kind of know. And your bike needs to be clean. I never look at it, to be honest. (laughs) I don't find myself looking at too many pictures of bikes. People get very, very irritated by this. This caused a bit of a ruckus on Twitter. Okay, question number two, and this is from Marcus B., Anthony and Sarah, I have a group ride etiquette question. We have a group ride of about 14 that meets up on Sundays for a spin. It's about 90 kilometers. The group is great because we're all pretty much at the same level. So things run very smoothly. The problem is there's one guy who shows up every weekend with aero bars. This guy has the worst bike handling skills I've ever seen. And his judgment on space, etc. is questionable. How do I broach the subject with him? It's kind of frightening being around him. He stays in his aero position for most of the ride and it's up to us to work around him best way to do that if the ride meets at 9 30 a.m start meeting at 9 15 a.m <laughs> well he's aero he might catch up with he them he might catch them yeah he has that low cda going maybe on. give yourself half an hour <laughs> i don't know i never struggle with these things i some people are real delicate around offending people's sensibilities i just be like ditch the aero bars here and not coming back Mm. You know, you kind of don't like those confrontational. They're not confrontational. They're just straight up, no dancing around. I think when you come from like your corporate backgrounds there, everything has to be like... We're all a little bit more polite. Yeah, you all sprinkle sugar on everything, make each other all, feel all brilliant. You I mean, call, it's like, you dude, call it, you can't show up with aero bars. You call it the bad news sandwich. Give <laughs> yeah. him, tell him his aero bars are gorgeous. Tell him he's not allowed to bring them ever again. <laughs> Love your haircut, but you're not allowed back on the group ride if you come with those poxy aero bars again. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I know I'm not very good at confrontation, but the way that we run our group ride on a Saturday is that Anthony is the dictator. <laughs> so we don't all get a consensus on what, you know, this person can come because they've got no mud guards or they, they have lights, but they're not the correct color or this person's not wearing a helmet that has MIPS. We don't all have to come to an agreement. There's no committee about what's right and what's wrong. Anthony has the final say and that really works for us. The spin just always stays very in control. People are safe and no one's getting ruffled feathers and no one's getting offended because Anthony... The other way I will say, and 
If anyone checked out my podcast on Saturday with Alison Tetrick, which I thought went down absolutely brilliantly. <laughs> I got l- say that about your own podcast. No, it was purely Alison. She was such a pleasure to have on. She's such a great guest. But I was asking Alison how she deals in the Peloton when she's racing. because She's a real friendly person. She's very affable. And I was like, how do you switch it on and off? You know, boss people around in the Peloton if they're doing stupid things or you want to move up or you want to get into position. She said that she uses humour and that she, if, if someone does something stupid, she'll kind of go to them, oh, here, don't do that again. I really like my teeth kind of thing rather than calling them straight out and saying, you feckin' Egypt, like get Wouldn't work get for you, though. No sense humour. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of humour mixed in with the direct approach might work. Alison had a good tweet that popped up on my timeline this morning. And I think this is a be more enjoyed for the female audience than the male audience. But Sarah, I thought I'd shout it out for you because you'll enjoy it. She said, I knew it was going to be a good day when I woke up. My makeup still looked amazing from last night. I brought that group right today up a level. Winning. <laughs> She's absolutely brilliant. Go check her out on Twitter. Just superstar. She's a superstar. Stages Cranks and Stages Dash Bike Computer are today's show sponsors. I've used Stages Parameters for the better part of a decade, first on my road bike, then on the tandem, and now off-road on my gravel and mountain bike. I really trust the consistency of the data that it gives me. It's been proven to be plus or minus 1.5% accurate. They're also super light. I think it adds about 20 grams to the weight of my crank. And a feature I love is the battery is so replaceable. It's a small little watch battery that you can pick up in any convenience store. I'm pairing my Stages crank with a Dash L200 bike computer, which I absolutely love. You can use it in portrait or landscape mode, which is kind of cool. The battery is so, so good. It'll last between 10 and 18 hours, and I've tested this depending on the mode you use. So it's going to last even my longest events this season. And the maps feature is absolutely amazing for when you're out on the trails. The color coding makes it virtually impossible to get lost. So if you're looking to get your hands on a Stages crank set or you're looking to get your hands on the Stages Dash L200, which I'm using at the moment, all the information you need, it's over on stagescycling.com. The link to that is in today's show notes. Okay, question number three, and this is from Simon at Cyclosophy. Well said, well said, sir. Why is Mario Cipollini not in jail? He was sentenced in October last year and there hasn't been a word about it since in the news. According to his Instagram, he's still living the good life. Okay, I am completely in the dark about... Uh, the only thing I know about Mario Cipollini, wasn't he the guy who had the, the skin suit that looked like the muscles? It was pretty cool. The only things I know about Mario Cipollini are he was really cool didn't really look like a guy I'd want to hang out with or go for a beer with. But for all things crime, I will have to defer to Sarah. This is like a guilty pleasure that Sarah has that no one else probably knows about. She walks around basically all day long with her AirPods in, listening to true crime podcasts. I actually had to stop listening to true crime because I was having such vivid and frankly frightening nightmares about me killing people and trying to dispose of bodies and hiding bodies and getting found out and hiding phones and, you know, getting rid (laughs) of evidence. So I've kind of cut back a little bit. What were you listening to? Shattered Lives? What was the other one? Crime World. And then, oh, there's a million of them out there. The genre is absolutely huge, but yeah. Yeah, the genre's popping. It's popping. All the kids would say, I don't know why Mario Cipollini isn't in jail. I think he got charged with assault, but I haven't 
followed what's going on with that. Uh, he's not a cyclist. <laughs> There you go. There you go. He does look like a little bit of a thug. That's... <laughs> i saying that. This is like, a buddy of mine went in for jury duty a couple of years ago. And first off, you're not meant to talk about jury duty, but he came home on the first day it's of like a two-week trial. And he's like, first thing he does is, well, I tell you what happened today. So first day he says to me, your man definitely done it. So this fella is charged with aggravated assault. And he says, your man definitely done it. I was like, you haven't heard any of the evidence. And he's like, the look of him, he definitely done it. And if he didn't do this, he'd done something else. <laughs> That's Guilty justice judge. in operation, Sarah style. <laughs> Guilty judge. Guilty. Bring back public hanging. Okay, question number four, and this is from Ash Younger. Anthony, who will win Paris-Roubaix this weekend in the men and the women? You start, you go with the men. I, I have some ideas with the women. You've got some ideas for the women. Jumbo mm-hmm. uh, Visma have been basically unstoppable apart from Pogaccia. Pogaccia's not around. He hasn't had a go at Roubaix. Yes, I'm sure he will have a go to try and complete all the classics at some point. But I'd imagine San Remo is next up on his hit list next year, considering MVP schooled him this year. So with the absence of Pogaccia, I think we have to look at the Jumbo lads because they've just been so dominant. We've seen Christophe Laporte, uh, Wout van Aert, Wout didn't have enough to follow in Flanders last week. I think the parkours are going to suit him a little bit better this week. My money's on Wout. Yeah, me too. I will be shouting for Wout as well. Absolutely love him. With the ladies, I think we have Lotto Kapeki and she's with SD Works. Now, she's really in form at the moment and she just defended her Flanders title last week. So she is like a rocket. Elisa Longo Borghini, she won it last year, so she's also one to watch it. And the thing with Elisa is that her teammate, Lizzie Dignan, who very famously won it, I think she went out on her own with 70 kilometers to go a couple of years ago. She's not back from maternity leave, so she won't be there in competition or helping her. And of course, we have Mariana Voss the goat. (laughs) So she's going to be trying to improve on her second place from 2021. It's going to be really exciting. Controversially, they have actually taken out one of the most famous parts of Paris-Roubaix for the ladies. It's the five-star Tour de Arenberg, and they think that it's too dangerous for the girls because the girls come upon it very close to the kickoff, to the start. So they've removed that completely. And there's uproar over it, saying if the men can do it, the girls should be able to do it as well. But it's at a totally different place in the men's race. That's right. So yeah. it's, yeah, the Arenborg Forest is very late in the men's race. And we've had Mitch Docker, Adam on the podcast, and he talked about the chaotic craziness going into the Arenborg Forest. And that is late in the men's race. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. We always come down on the UCI and they're the whipping boys and they're easy to abuse. They're like a referee in a football match. But they seem like they're prioritizing safety. And too often they've been abused for being reactive about safety and virtue signaling about stuff that doesn't really matter. This actually seems like a solid, tangible move to improve the safety in the race. Although it's one of the iconic sections, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think the people who are kicking up over it haven't read the full article. They're just kicking up over a headline and don't understand the ins and outs of it. Anthony, Tech Corner today, I'm going to let you handle this because I know you want to talk about 
derailer hangers or lack of And you don't even know what they are. <laughs> well, I actually do because you're constantly smashing your derailer hangers and we're always up the walls trying to get replacements. It always seems to happen just as you're about to head off for a race or just about to pack your bike up for to hop on a plane. The way I look at a derailer hanger, it's kind of like the collarbone of the bike. It's there to take impact so nothing else gets hurt. Can you talk about this new tech? Yeah, a little bit. So I think anyone that's traveled with a bike will have had this experience, especially if you've traveled a lot, that you get to your destination and whatever impact your bike has taken in transit, you've broke your derailleur hanger. And they come in so many different shapes and sizes that it's just chaotic trying to find them. Or if you're in a race, bunch race, close proximity, someone puts a front wheel into your rear mech, the derailleur hanger can often snap. It's happened to me on stage races and then you have this hurried game of running around the car park trying to swap cans of beer with other mechanics to try and get a derailleur hanger that matches your specific bike. You can obviously bring spares with you, but it's a full-on pain in the ass. SRAM, I didn't even know this one was in the works, but SRAM have an all-new Type T Eagle transmission. They are quite cornily saying the Eagle has landed. (laughs) (laughs) So they're removing the need entirely for a derailleur hanger and for derailleur adjustment screws, which is a massive innovation. SRAM have come out and said this is the biggest product introduction in SRAM's history. And it really is throwing the cat amongst the pigeons because every company in the world is currently using a derailleur hanger. SRAM have moved to a hangerless system, which apparently you can jump on the rear derailleur now. And it doesn't break. videos of that, yeah. Yeah, it's like so robust. So this is going to mean that you can pop wheels out really fast without worrying about breaking derailleur hangers. You can travel with them, you can mountain bike with them, gravel with them. It's just all around more robust. And in a kind of era where we're moving to stuff that's a little bit more flimsy, like you used to be able to crash pretty well on a Jura Ace 9-speed lever without it breaking, now we've kind of plasticky feel. Everything's plasticky feel, and there's been a move away from stuff being robust towards lightweight and performance. Now we're seeing a move back and prioritizing, yes, performance, but also really, really robust. I'm actually really excited. I normally don't care about Tech Corner because I'm like, oh, it's just more tech for the sake of tech. But I'm actually really excited about this one, and I would probably buy it out of pocket, full retail. Oh, happy day. So that is the T-Type Eagle Transmission. Bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> and that is episode 715. Roadman, I'm starting Ross Moon this evening. So all going well. This is Bank Holiday weekend, so we won't be back on Monday. All going well. I'll be back on Tuesday for another episode of The Potty. Talk then. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.